Hey, all you sexy dogs. Guess what? Season two, episode one of this league. It's on. Y'all boys ready for this? How the folks let's gather around for the best sports talk in town. We got our hosts, Darren, Tim, and Chris. Baby, it can't get better than this. Give out all the power rankings. Laugh at all the teams tanking. A lot of fun, a lot of surprise. Let's give it up for the guys in this league. Oh my gosh. That sounded good to my earballs. That set earballs. Wow, we're really back. <laughs> we're really back. Welcome in to season two, episode one of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast. We have the usual group for you, for you, your boy, Chris Mitchum, your host, along with the usual gang, Tim Raider. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And Earn Hunt. Yo, yo, yo. And this, be back. And this is a special episode because there's there's something different going on here. So I'll tell you where I am right now. I am in my bedroom in my house at Broad Ripple. Tim, where are you? I am in my office set up at my house in Westfield. <gasps> what? Aaron, you're you're in the Broad Ripple house still too, right? Like we don't have that much good technology in order for all of us to be in different locations, right? You would be wrong. I'm at my parents' house in Greenwood. Well, hot damn. <laughs> That's right. This league, we've upgraded. I should have had a drop for that, probably. Yeah, yeah. Drops to be coming. Drops will be coming. But yes, we are now fully remote. We got all the sounds and the thrills. I'm looking at Tim and Aaron through my computer screen. They're looking as good as ever. Just take my word for it. We still got all of the big black nigga. All of the good stuff you can just think of right at our fingertips to give you guys the best show that we can. We are coming to you. It is the evening of April 27th. And mark my words, you might have this show in your earballs April 28th, the morning of. Because again, no all of this new technology, all of this awesomeness allows us to bring you the best show with the most interaction and a very timely matter and we're here we, we we have elevated we invested the time and the energy to give you guys the best show that we can so enough about the infrastructure of the show it's been a long time guys tim how how we doing there's been a, there's been a lot going on in all of our lives just give us a quick update yeah man there's a whole lot going on you know doing school wedding planning uh moving all sorts of stuff somehow i'm staying sane but you know ready to get back talking into this microphone about some fantasy football, what really matters. I'm into that. Aaron, I guess I guess it's safe to say that, you know, we are all no longer in the same house anymore, which is very sad, which is hence why we invest in this technology. So Tim mentioned earlier that he's up in Westfield now, Westfield, Indiana, for our out-of-state listeners, <laughs> if there are any. And uh, we have Aaron. Where are you at now, man? I'm now down on the south side of Indy in Greenwood. About 30 minutes out, going to be looking for a property to move into over the next few months. So going to hopefully be a homeowner here soon. And uh, yeah, just doing the normal grind, working remotely, still at my same job and picked up a side gig doing some property management as well to get some side income. So 
uh, hot and heavy into that. Nice. Everybody likes a good side hustle. All right. Well, um, as for me, I'm, like I said, currently still in our house in Broad Ripple. We have to give the keys away on Sunday. Um, and then I will also be moving down south, not with Aaron, but with my folks temporarily while I'm looking for a spot in either downtown Indianapolis or in a outskirt of the borough called Fountain Square, which is a great area. So that's where I'll be. Um, and hopefully, again, with this new technology, we'll be able to have easily, more easily, other league pip, league members from the show um, on here to kind of give you guys their background as well. So uh, there's an update for you. Everything's been going on. A lot's been going on. We've been gone for a while. But before we get into everything that we you all have missed, we can't go on without having, of course, the drink of the day. Tim, I'm going to start with you. What are, we, what are we sipping on? Oh, you know, it's 1040 at night. Got to wake up and start work for a month in tomorrow. So I'm having some mighty fine H2O. Hydration, Aaron. I am copying, Tim. I also have some high quality H2O. Um, Glacier Clear. Haven't heard of that brand. So uh, new to the Glacier Clear grind. I guess this shows you that I can no longer pressure you guys into drinking with me, your favorite minor functioning alcoholic. I am drinking a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale uh, that was in our fridge because I told Aaron I'm going to try to clear out all of the beer in our fridge before I leave. So <laughs> let's go. Oh, he, he definitely will since he's working five hours a week from here on out. That's <laughs> Amen to that, bro. Session's <laughs> over. Um, okay, what we have in store for you today we have an election day recap. I don't think we ever told our listeners anything about that. So we're going to recap that really quickly. We have just a trade season, this league off season update with Aaron. We're going to take through a lot of the action or maybe a lot of the inaction that this league has seen and maybe give some more insight on that. And then we go into what everybody's waiting for. It's draft season, baby. Draft previews. So we got Tim, the in-house draft expert, going to give us an update on all things this league and even some actual NFL news. And then we are going to go through the order of the first round, try to super briefly touch on each team just off the top of our heads, what they may need, what they may not need. And then we're going to wrap it up. So hopefully this will not be too long. And before we even jump in there, I will ask, please bear with us when it comes to sound things. I, I think we sound okay. But then again, this might sound like complete poop. So who knows? But we're going to publish it anyways because you guys deserve it. And that's what we're going to do. Anything Nothing but the okayest trying of quality content. <laughs> Damn it. We are trying our hardest. Anything else to add before we hop into the show? Let's roll. You heard the man. Let's roll. Nice. All right. Well, in case you missed it, we had an election day. Now, you might be asking yourself, Chris, what the hell is an election day? An election day is when everybody in the league came together and they proposed certain rule changes. So, for example, um, one rule change was something as crazy as adding a kicker to the league. Uh, another one might have been um, transitioning to a super flex league. And we have a rule in our constitution that says any major change like that would take at least two years to implement. So um, in order for a rule to pass, it has to get at least seven votes or roughly three-fourths of the league support. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but what, the one thing I took from our first election day, is it is a lot harder to pass a rule change in our league than I thought it would be. 
Yeah, I think there's definitely going to be some more discussions leading up to the next election day. Everyone's trying to figure out, you know, what's it going to be like? How's it going to go? Um, but I think next year, election day is going to be a lot longer and a lot more intense uh, than it was this year. Yeah, I agree. And especially, too, just as fantasy football continues to evolve, there's so many different formats now that are out there as opposed to even two, three years ago. So uh, it's just going to be cool to see how it unfolds and just the participation of everybody just being so invested in a election day. It's first year is really cool. Yeah, for sure. And I think this kind of showed that if you really do want to get a rule change, that's not a super obvious change. You got to put the work in. You got to talk to folks beforehand. You got to try to know that vote count before election day even comes. So uh, we're going to go through each proposal very quickly just to show you guys some rule changes that might have been adopted or even some discussions that were had. So proposal number one was authored by your boy. And all it was was updating and updating the finishing positions when it comes to draft order. So initially when the Constitution was drafted, we wanted to have every game mean something. But I guess we got it either backwards or we ended up seeing it wasn't a good idea where the last place person of the winner's bracket actually ended up uh, drafting 10th place. Um, and the winner of the winner's bracket actually ended up drafting 5th, right? That's where Stretch is. I think it's correct. Right. So 5th. Yep. So we thought, ah, yeah, it, it makes you compete for each game, but when you're in the winner's bracket and you're winning, you know what you're playing for. You're not really necessarily playing for a higher draft position. You're playing right. for that 1,000K. So um, all the first rule proposal was it kind of switched the finishing of the winner's bracket. So if you finish last in the winner's bracket, you will have that fifth pick, and then so on and so forth. Loser's bracket stays the same. If you win that, you get the first pick, and so on. So um, that rule was adopted 10-0. to 0. And I, I was expecting that rule to pass. And I'll be honest, I was expecting one of these other proposals to pass too. But quick spoiler alert, no other proposal got adopted in this league. Uh, it's a surprise to some and to, you know, the likeness of others. So, um, Tim, if you typically want to touch on what proposal number two was authored by Hayden and uh, his gang. For sure. So that proposal was transitioning to Superflex League two-year proposal like you kind of touched on super flex meaning basically every other every team needs a second quarterback to start you know you're starting another player it doesn't matter the position but obviously quarterbacks have a lot of value and so that's what most likely that was going to be um some decent debate you know a little bit of banter back and forth but ultimately defeated three to seven uh, i think it would have been beneficial for hayden if he really wanted it to do a little bit more pandering uh, in the events in the days leading up to the auction day. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was always going to be an uphill battle. Aaron, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. No, I don't. Um, <clears throat> I feel like I kept an open mind, but I still really enjoy the traditional format that we got going. And, you know, Superflex is just so mainstream nowadays. I feel like just what we do is almost unique. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And again, this kind of goes to show that going to be a little harder to pass something than you think um and i think it's better that it's harder to pass something in our league than rather than everybody just vote for something so um going into proposal number three i'll admit at the end of this one i was i was sitting there going hey what happened like i thought this was a shoo-in like i really did but aaron if you want to touch on proposal number three that you offered yeah yeah so the proposal number three was adding an additional roster spot 
already to um, our total roster, uh, the makeup of it for both our starters and our bench combined. Um, the reason I brought it up was just thinking through, you know, <clears throat> there's quite a few guys out there that you'd like to take a chance on that maybe are rookies or maybe are guys that you just have a good feeling about, but haven't necessarily proven themselves. And having that additional roster spot gives you that chance to, you know, add it and get, maybe get an opportunity for a guy to pop ahead of time. Um, but there was a lot of good banter back and forth, a lot of good arguments put out there and ultimately it got defeated. So um, I think this is going to be an ongoing topic. I really do as, as the league continues to go, but um, I feel like there was good arguments for both sides, even some that I didn't even consider on the opposite, opposite end of things. So, Tim, I know you were one of the champions against this proposal. I don't know if you want to say touch any touch on anything about that. Yeah, I mean, for the listeners, my main arguments were waiver wire strength, and I was going to counter propose something more along the lines of a taxi squad um, for going in the future. I think the roster is deep enough, and then just you need to be everyone needs to be able to have that option to snag somebody the day of a game in a pinch. Yeah, so that that proposal probably was the closest. I mean, it didn't really get close to the three fourths approval, but it, it died four to six. Um, I was thinking that was going to be closer to a five five or even like a six four in support. Um, I know I personally supported it, but you know, again, that goes to show that some extra effort might be needed um, next year going in. They want to get that through. So, and then the final proposal, which is close to my heart. Oh my god, this is family friendly show but i want to say some bad words but like just, just kick or suck okay so proposal number four was offered by stretch adding a kicker spot to the rosters and um i i was i was very outspoken about it i think personally think kickers is one of the least skillful positions to have that is where luck comes in yeah you got your top three top four guys but even they have dud games and you might have a random week where you know Akimi Fairbairn blows up for 25 you can't control that you can't predict that and it's just very frustrating and yes if it sounds like I've had personal traumatic experiences with this in the past I have forget Stephen Goskowski I hate that guy but um anyways yeah I was very passionate about that I lobbied hard for that before <laughs> the the vote even happened um and it ended up dying seven to two um it was defeated pretty emphatically um and hopefully that's a message to everybody else that kickers do not belong in this league that is my diatribe anything else to add there gotta be careful there on that hill i mean the more you say it the more people might want to join i mean there's definitely a lot of talk on it more about how it was going to be enacted, but yeah, I I'm against kickers, but you know, I think as long as this league continues to go, Kyle stretch will put this on the ballot every time, every year. Gosh. Yeah. And I, I guess expect nothing less. And I guess further background in order to get something on the ballot, all you have to do is propose something and somebody second it and then you're on the ballot. So just like, interestingly, something that nobody noted, uh, it was Hayden. Hayden proposed keeping waiver wire open all year instead of where we have it now, where it's locked at the conclusion of the regular season um, until the rookie draft happens because you can draft free agents in the rookie draft. But uh, he proposed to have it open all year. Nobody seconded him, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if that's because nobody cared or what, but 
Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't think I saw that text. I probably wasn't watching, but not, not that I would want it. But yeah, I, I definitely think this is a, you know, like I was kind of saying earlier, next year's election day is going to be wild. Like we're going to need to put a whole afternoon and evening away for it. I just feel it. Debate. God, I love debate. All right. Well, that was your election day. Again, the only proposal that was adopted was the update of the finishing drafting order. Traditioning to a super flex died three to seven. Adding an additional roster spot died four to six. And adding an additional kicker died two to seven, as it should. Um, before we move on to our next thing, anything else to add on election day besides next year? Like Tim said, probably going to be kind of time consuming. All right. You heard it from the crowd there. Let's go ahead and move on to a quick little recap of what has been going down in this league over the offseason. And I will throw it over to my colleague, the blonde-haired, phoenix, white guy, Aaron Hunt. I have no idea what I'm doing there, man. I'm just kind of rolling with it. It's very descriptive. I mean, the listeners are listening. They're not watching. So, you know, it helps. <laughs> oh, what do they say? Got- Radio is the uh, the the theater for the mind? I think Ronald sure. Reagan said that. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, you got to stop listening to your president Spotify <laughs> episodes, man. He listens to those every morning. I go on and ran on those. Anyway. Listen, listen. So- the Wicked Game American Elections Wicked Games is the best podcast you can find besides this one on all of your major streaming podcasts if you like presidential elections. I think they're interesting. Super. Yeah, if they ever if they ever add a 25th hour to the day, I'll be sure to check it out. Oh, thanks, Tim. That means a lot. <laughs> Appreciate the intro. Never been called a phoenix before, but I'll take that in stride. I like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but really, it's been a quiet offseason to this point. Um, I know for me, just shooting trade ideas out to different people in the league, I won't name specifics on that, um, but a lot of people are waiting for the draft. And I think that's a very smart thing that people are doing. They want to see what teams are going to do, um, you know, rounds one through seven and, and fill out the NFL rosters right before minicamp starts. So I really think that after the draft, we might see some movement leading up to our rookie draft. Um, that might really be um, something that picks up as we go. Um, there was a trade that I was involved in that officially got done. I took a chance and decided to trade for Rashad Penny and gave Kyle Stretch a third round pick in this year's rookie draft. Um, my rationale was Chris Carson hadn't been re-signed yet, and it was sounding like the Seahawks weren't going to take a running back uh, in the, in the draft. Uh, so I thought, you know, Hey, take a shot on Rashad when he's been healthy, he's actually been very efficient in his yards per carry average. Uh, and the Seahawks like him. So, um, just thought, you know, for a third round pick, it'd be worth the risk. And of course, Chris Carson, I think got re-signed like three days later or something like that, but, <laughs> That's pretty funny. um, you know, you Hey, take the risk. So, uh, I thought it was a fair trade on both sides. Um, and then Agreed. I will I will dive into uh, a potential trade I almost had that I think would be interesting for the league to know. So it fell through. It's not ever going to happen, but just wanted to maybe talk through it because I thought it was a pretty impressive offer that I got for Devontae Adams from Steven. Uh, he came in. Spilling the tea. Guns Here we blazing. go. 
guns ablazing trying to get Devontae Adams. So the, the trade proposal was Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm blanking on the tight end for the Lions. I don't know. Oh, it's a Hawkinson. Yeah. Yeah. TJ Hawkinson. Uh, his first round pick this year, second round pick this year, and first and second round picks next year as well. For oh, the- oh my God. Which was, uh, which was a boatload. I'm, I'm glad I didn't do it because of the whole Deshaun Watson controversy. I'm not sure what how yeah. that's going to shake out. Um, but it was an impressive offer. If I was in a rebuild, I even told him straight up, I would have taken that all day. But I think my team's in a position to compete this year. So I declined. But that was really it. I mean, I don't have much else. I don't know if you guys heard anything in the rumor mill or anything you want to talk about, but it's been a pretty quiet off season for uh, the teams this this uh, these last few months. It has, I would say, and I think it's because if if you look, you can make a case for every team, maybe besides a few that I will rename or I will re- let remain nameless. It might rhyme with you know laden, but. Um, you can make a case with for every team that they, they can be in win-now mode. You honestly can. Like, each team really has those two or three big pieces that if the rest of the team goes a certain way, even all the way down to Clayton, I've said that since the end of last season, was, you know, I think Clayton's got a year left, and he can he can go for it. So I think as the, you know, the league goes longer, teams start to shift, you kind of start seeing – who's active, who's not, I can only see trades being more and more active after this. When people start to realize, yeah, I'm in a rebuild, or yeah, this is my time, I need to go now. So um, maybe you'll see some action, you know, with the the draft just a few days away. Um, but something tells me we have not seen the end of offseason moves, especially um, come after draft time. Yeah, I second a whole lot of what you said there. I mean, you look at most of the trades that happened this year, there was a lot of first-round pick for player, player for picks, not a whole lot of player for player. How can we both improve each other type of wheeling and dealing? Um, but as we all get more comfortable with each other and the longer we play, you know, it's just going to be that much more active and engaging. And, and you're right. Once the draft happens and we know where Najee Harris is going to play for Aaron first overall, then <laughs> we'll see some dominoes start to fall. Go Steelers. Say being rumored to the Steelers. That'd be pretty hot. That'd be pretty hot. So, all right. Well, that was your off-season update. Not a lot going on, but it might kind of be a ticking time bomb. Might be a lot of action here soon. Now, let's get to the point you're all here for, baby. It is draft season. I'm going to kick it over to our draft expert himself, Tim Raider. Tim, give me three words of how you're feeling about the NFL draft coming up. Three words. Excited. All right. Anxious. A little anxious. Okay. And just very impatient. I mean, this has been a draft season that has felt like it's gone on for ages. We've been looking forward to this for months and talking about it for months, and it's finally happening this week. The NFL draft, our league draft, this league draft happens May 15th, the afternoon. That's May 15th for all of you members in the afternoon. Chris, location is? A work conference room. I don't know if I want to throw their name out there. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's just a little announcement for everybody. But, yeah, so NFL draft is Thursday, two days away. 
less than 48 hours at this point for the first round. I'm kind of just going to go by position, talk a little bit of fantasy relevance, draft information. Um, I have no clue what's going on with Chris <laughs> right now on the Zoom call. However, did he did he have a cramp? <laughs> Charlie Horse trying to get comfortable. The good thing about this mixer is I can mute my mic. So I was just like, kind of get trying to get comfortable. Don't mind me. Go ahead, Tim. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll we'll go in order. You know, so quarterbacks. You know, there's five quarterbacks likely going in the first round this year: Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. The rest of them are pretty irrelevant for fantasy unless you get a breakout. But nobody's going to be rostering any of those guys. Of those five, you know, quarterback hit percentages. You know, likely one, maybe two is going to work out. So you know, hitting on a rookie quarterback in fantasy and needing to rely upon one is very hard to do. Um, so, you know, we'll probably see Trevor Lawrence go for in our first round, but I'm not exactly sure where that fit is yet. I have um, a question. Or where everyone else is. is. Is Trevor Lawrence, like, really good? Like, really good? You know, he's he's been talked about there as best prospects since Andrew Luck, but they're forgetting about <laughs> Joe Burrow last year, so. Colt, go Colts. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I'll let, I mean, you guys have any quarterback talk? I'll, I'll, I'll pause after each little position here. If you guys got anything throwing, if not, I'll keep going. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco at three is just really interesting because you got Jacksonville at one, they're taking Trevor Lawrence, and you got the Jets at two, they're going to take Zach Wilson. That's pretty solidified at this point. But Mm -hmm. 49ers notoriously have just been very secretive about their picks, and this year's no different. So a lot of people think Shanahan wants Mac Jones and – John Lynch, the GM, wants uh, Trey Lance. So we'll see how it shakes out, but um, I don't think we'll know up until Thursday when it actually happens. So um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how that situation unfolds and interesting to see if anybody trades up. Denver, I think, is in the market for a quarterback and the Falcons. I mean, maybe they, you know, try to move on from Matt Ryan. I don't know if they can with his contract situation, but. Um, yeah, this is going to be really exciting to see how it uh, shakes out. Keep sleeping on my boy Justin Fields, bro. OH, now I will tell you, as an Ohio State fan, I was the first person to say that. Dwayne Haskins, he's going to be booty. Uh, Braxton Miller, remember him? He's going to be booty. Terrell Pryor, he's going to be booty. But Justin Fields, like, he, 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 remember, he was the number two for the longest time behind Trevor Lawrence. And for whatever reason, I guess his shininess wore off and now people think he's a piece of poop. If he falls yeah. somewhere down to New England or something, watch out. That's all I got to say. A little, a little draft fatigue. Yeah, the interesting part will be to see if quarterback goes one, two, three, four in the real draft. Like I was saying, you know, if you're looking at getting a rookie in, Lawrence and Wilson obviously are starting for their NFL teams week one. But for a dynasty, you know, if Justin Fields sits behind Matt Ryan for a little bit, you know, that might be the guy you need. So, I mean, it's just really interesting to see. Uh, and this is our first one, so we're really going to see how it all plays out. Um, so I'll hop over real quick to running back. You know, this is fantasy football. Running back's the number one position most people think about. Um, you know, Najee Harris is undisputed RB1. And then you kind of got Etienne and Williams, 2-3. And – there are some names in this running back class that, you know, Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo, Chuba, Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. There are some guys out there, but, like, the depth just doesn't quite feel like it did last year. 
when last year I picked, you know, I saw Antonio Gibson diamond in the rough. I knew I wanted him on my team. Currently, I guess I got to see where the, you know, what teams, where they land. There's not anybody that I have like, Ooh, I got my eye on somebody that's going to fall. You know, it's kind of really top heavy. Um, unless we get a great fit somewhere down the line, that's kind of how I feel with running backs. Um, Aaron, you're in a great position picking one overall. Yeah. What do you have to add about some running backs here in dynasty? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Najee Harris from everything I've read, all of the analysts, everything I'm reading and hearing is he's head and shoulders, the clear cut guy. Um, I feel like ETN and Javante Williams, maybe depending on the situation, depending on where they go, could have a slightly higher ceiling just because Najee is more of an elusive runner. He has really good contact balance, but he doesn't, he's not a burner. He doesn't like run away from people. Whereas ETN, if you get him in open space, I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not catching him. So, you know, he gets, you know, two gains of 60 and 70 yards and puts up a couple tutties. I mean, that from a fantasy impact is really good. And he's also improved his receiving ability, which I know Najee has that too in his tool bag, but, um, yeah, the consensus I think is pretty good around the industry of the top three, like you mentioned, and uh, yeah, some other guys to watch out for for sure that you also talked about too. Um, trying to think of any that come to mind uh, that you hadn't mentioned, but um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's really I'm, kind I'm of like, alignment. Yeah, there's just not a whole lot of depth at the moment, so it's really going to you know be on the fits fits of the running backs and the teams. There's another guy in North Carolina who's um, the combo with Javante. I forget his name. Do you know who Michael, I'm talking about? Yeah, Michael Carter. Yeah, he's getting some buzz too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going. He's going to definitely be one of those fit guys. You know, the team really matters. So you know, you get Najee, you get Steelers, you think strong offensive line. I mean, you get a fit like that as a match made in heaven, sitting at the top of the draft. So let's hear touch on receivers. And it gets interesting because I feel like the receivers have a lot more star power this draft than the running backs do. And so in the dynasty uh, draft system, how's it going to play out? We know Zach's taking Rondale Moore at 110. That's just going to happen. So uh, everyone be ready for that. But Jamar Chase, I'll, I'll get on my Bengals ladder here in a minute, but <laughs> top receiver this year, sat out last year, whatever. Devonta Smith, Alabama set records, a little skinny, but you know, what happens on the field matters more. Jalen Waddle, Kadarius, Tony. I mean, I could list probably the first 15 receivers I'm seeing here. And they're all guys that like could easily be fantasy relevant in year one. I mean, I'm not a big Rondell Moore guy, but you get him in the right system, get him touches open space. I mean, he's just got a, a ceiling. Um, and even, I mean, you can just go down. I don't know. Rondell Moore is just a fancy Tavon Austin. Calm down. But um, for, for people that don't know, uh, so I just got out of what's called session, which is where I'm going like 70 to 80 hours a week. Now I'm going about, you know, 20 to 30. So it's going to be great. So I had not had a lot of time to look at these guys. But one thing I remember hearing that kind of kind of caught my ear was, do I remember somebody saying that Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, they played together, right? For one year. Yes, sir. Under Joe Burrow. Wasn't Jamar Chase like the man and Justin Jefferson was like, all right. Jamar Chase was wide receiver one. He had 1,800 yards and 20 touchdowns with Joe Burrow. And Justin Jefferson that year had slot guy, wide receiver two. You know, 
I don't remember exactly how many yards, but something more along the lines of 10, 11 touchdowns. So, I mean, Jamar Chase was the guy that LSU record-breaking offense. That's so scary. <laughs> yeah, Jefferson <laughs> like, led the league on fire last oh year. Oh, my I mean, gosh. That's, so, yeah, that's one of the few things I, I remember hearing. Aaron, I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that. No, got nothing else. Uh, I think it's a really nice class for receivers this year. Um, and you can just continue to go down the list. I'm in Ross St. Brown from USC. I think he's a pretty good guy that could possibly get drafted in our rookie draft, you know, later rounds. And then you're also taking a look at some of the other guys too, Rashad Bateman, uh, another guy there as well. So there's a lot of depth and a lot of value to be found uh, in the later rounds when it comes to receivers. Yeah, this is where looking at the dynasty, it's going to be really interesting to see how everyone in this league drafts. But, you know, I could easily see some quarterbacks and some running backs going high. But I'm I, this three-round rookie draft that we're going to have, I expect a lot of receivers to be taken. I mean, there's just so much potential there. I, I Personally, I think more than the running backs in the system. So unless anybody's going to throw anything in, I'll move on to the last kind of fantasy-relevant position, tight ends this year. Kyle Pitts, I let's mean, move on. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Number one, Kyle Pitts. It's the Pitts. He's supposedly this next coming of the, Eric Ebron, like an unmoldable tight end product. Where OJ Howard, he should go number one overall. We're gonna look back and we're gonna be like, why wasn't Pitts number one? It's so tight ends are so tough to see. I mean, Gronk goes in the third, fourth. I mean, the tight ends that are the best, Kelsey. These guys aren't going in the first round. OJ Howard, first round tight end. I mean, Eric Ebron, Drew Sample, Drew Sample, second round tight end. Tight end I am Drew Sample. Like, yeah, hi, I'm yeah, exactly like tight end is so hard to project into the NFL. That being said, Kyle Pitts is getting the hype that just like gets me excited for fantasy of like, okay, maybe this this could be the guy. You know, you take him a little early, but you're tight end. You're starting one. You're tight end set. So I mean, he's got the hype. And then you're really looking at Pat Fryermuth. And then it's like I was just saying, you know, the tight ends that I like personally, Brevin Jordan, um, some of these guys, Quentin Morris, you know, their ranks are pretty low. They're probably not getting taken until the third, fourth, fifth round. So, I mean, the NFL draft, they're not going to carry a lot of hype. But in Dynasty, they're going to be the ones that on waiver wire, they're going to you know, have a flashy couple of weeks and people are going to be spending lots of fab on yeah, Pat Fryermuth especially is interesting because actually, as of late, I've been seeing some off-the-wall analysts uh, projecting him to be pretty high, at like beginning of the second round even. So I, with all the hype Kyle Pitts is getting, I mean, that's great. But Chris also brought up a good point that O.J. Howard had the same type of hype when he came out. And you can kind of see how his career has developed. He's obviously a freak athlete, but it didn't necessarily translate to being you know, a stud Gronk like tight end, you know, or, or Travis Kelsey, you know? So I agree. I think it's just really hard to pinpoint who's going to be a knock knockout tight end prospect. Um, but if there is ever one, I guess Kyle Pitts is uh, as close as it gets. Yeah. Closest we've had in a long time. I think, you know, dynasty drafting running back receiver, it's going to be easy to kind of separate the elite from the good, quarterback tight end that's where we're going to be looking at waiver wire fab spending and just kind of a couple might take a couple years for these guys to pan out we just got to see what happens i feel like tight end i feel like tight end it's like hey 
Who's got the grit? Who's the, who's the glue guy? Who's the, yeah. who's the first in the gym, last out kind of guy? Who's the yeah, put in the extra wants that Kelsey. That's what I'm saying. Kittle. Oh, I love watching him play football. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, let's uh, give me a minute here to talk Bengals, if you guys are cool with that. All right, you get exactly one minute. Go. Okay, so I got my timer on 34.05. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I've been back and forth, Jamar Chase, Panay Sewell. I was Panay Sewell all year long. I never wavered. Offensive line build freaking, freaking trenches. That's all that matters. Protect Joe Burrow and build the trenches. Then the offseason has come around, and I've done a lot of – mock drafts and reading and this offensive tackle and offensive line in general is a strength this draft there are guys rounds two three and four that are going to start as year one guys like we were talking about you alluded to it jamar chase was the guy at lsu he was wide receiver one two years ago sat out last year but you can't blame him it's you know it was a pandemic so it's like can't hold that against him so jamar chase top receiver we lose aj green if we put chase higgins and boyd in the slot then we just draft six offensive linemen i've really kind of been on the jamar chase line recently my time is almost up i watched the panay sewell video recently and i almost wanted to go for him but i'm i'm jamar chase right now so for the shiny toy huh absolutely give me all offensive line rounds two through seven but at the top let's get joe burrow his guy I'm sure Aaron loves that pick, don't you, Aaron? Oh, yeah, of course. For your boy, T. Higgins. T. Higgins, you know. But, you know, he's he's such a possession receiver, and he's going to do all the underneath routes anyway. So it, I think it might almost benefit him if I, Chase did Yeah, adding him. Chase to that, like I say, like in the Boyd in the slot, those guys, they're, they're, they're going to feed off each other even more than we've, ever, we've seen in a while for the Bengals team. So I'm hyped. Oh, you know what? I missed a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity for the for the Bengals time. <laughs> no, okay, all right. Uh, so Aaron, um, like I said, I have a lot of uh, a lot of draft research to do, but I could tell you, Colt, go Colts. From a Colts perspective, we need an edge rusher. We need a yep. corner. Honestly, yep. I think our every every offensive place is pretty good. We could definitely use a left guard or just offensive lineman and offensive line depth in general but on that defense give me some secondary give me an edge rusher i don't know if you want to add anything to that or if you have any particular names to throw around no i was gonna say yeah edge rusher uh secondary help um a corner or a safety um i don't know if there's any prospects that are safeties that would be worthy of the 21st overall pick this year but um yeah we we need some help in the back end um yeah, honestly, I think they're going to go edge rusher. I think Ballard will dock it, you know, get that on the slate. Um, it, the only way I think we go offensive line, because I do know he, he loves drafting offensive linemen, would be if a guy like Rashawn Slater were to slide or something, which he's not going to. So I think they're going to take the value where they can. And even though it's a weak class when it comes to edge rushers, um, I think at 21, there might be a, a guy that's worthy of it. So I think that's how they go. When in reality, we know that Chris Ballard's going to trade back into the second round and get a 2027 <laughs> first round pick. It's like, what? Yeah. Or, I mean, low key, Micah Parsons has rubbed a lot of teams the wrong way with some of his off the field actions. So if he slides all the way to 21, that value maybe is too much to pass up. So imagine him with Darius Leonard. 
perhaps. That would be quite a slide. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know for I, for Colts' perspective, I like the Georgia edge guy, Aziz Ojulari. Ojulari. Yeah, sorry for butchering the name. But he's their offensive line. Tevin Jenkins would be a stud. Um, or Darisaw, if he slides a little bit, he's kind of, you know, going in the teens, but you know, there's a chance, but you're right, Chris, he's, it's Chris Ballard. He's going to trade back. Yeah, we know, we know. All right. So let's, let's go in and dive into a more, this league specific. Let's just go through the first round very quickly. Aaron, how about you, uh, how about you give us the order of the first round of this league draft? Of course. So we've got the first pick overall. Uh, that would be me. Boo. And that's via Clayton, a trade that I did with him last season. The second pick, we've got Tim Let's via go. a trade with Don. Uh, third is Don Let's via go. a oh. trade with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris uh, not getting that coveted third overall pick. And then from here, it's uh, pretty straightforward just based off of uh, – you know, who finished where in the playoffs. So uh, you got Hayden fourth, Stretch fifth, Anthony sixth, myself seventh, Tim eighth, Steven ninth, and then Zach in the tenth position. Sorry, Zach. <laughs> All right. So how about we eat, go through each team no longer than 30 seconds? Off the cuff, what do they need? Let's start with Aaron. Aaron, you got you got solid lineup. I think you're just looking for depth or that piece that can put you over the top. Go ahead. We'll just, we'll just kind of go back and forth here. Yeah, I think uh, for me, I'm looking for just an RB1 to RB2 that I can plug into my lineup. I think that's one of the key pieces I'm missing is just that go-to running back that gets 25 touches a game that I can rely on for 20-plus points. Um, I think – Filling that void at the number one pick uh, would be really good for me to continue to compete. Yeah, you got if you get Najee Harris there to pair with J.K. Dobbins, that's two young stud running backs that could just really pan out. So I think you know you're in a can't lose situation there at the top, obviously. Yeah. All right. So number two, we have Tim. Tim, for me, you need some wide receiver depth. Your running back depth is stupid and is the envy of the league. But when you get past DeAndre Hopkins and D.K. Metcalf, I mean, you got. Ayuk, who's like pretty sexy. He's like one of those Ayuk. sexy players. Uh, Rager and Shepard, you know, I think you could benefit there a little bit if kind of taking one of those one of those top tier wide receivers. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to be running back again just because you know, you can't ever really have too many running backs in Dynasty, but whether I don't know, seeing where the fit goes with Jamar Chase might be huge, and whether or not I can stomach to play a Bengals receiver another Bengals person on my team just personal reasons but yeah all right and so we'll go to number three we have Don Aaron do you have anything off the cuff for Don I think he needs to go receiver here um when you look at his roster he's got uh Jonathan Taylor who's a pretty solid running back I guess you know he could also go the running back route too, um, but running back wide receiver I think is is where he he probably needs to go um, for his roster to just bolster it a little more. Yeah, his team relies a lot on Odell Beckham Jr. I think a lot of people forgot he existed. It'll be interesting to see how he is or where he is when he comes back. And if he if he comes back and is a you know a solid wide receiver too, I think his wide receiver depth is pretty good. Outside of Taylor and Zeke, um, I think he might want to add to that running back depth a little bit. 
Yeah, he needs, needs depth across the board. He got hurt by Curtis Samuel going to Washington because now he's got a scary Terry and Curtis Samuel. What's that do for him? Don's the wild card. He's got one quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, on the roster. What's he, 38-39, disgruntled. He's a guy that could use a Trevor Lawrence for some future stability. So, I mean, he, he could really go any of the three. I don't see Kyle Pitts, but any of the quarterback, running back, receiver route. Let's be honest. Don's going to take Trevor Lawrence. Let's just be honest with each other. <laughs> That's the kind yeah. of guy Don is. We love you, man. Uh, let's move on to Hayden. Uh, I'll I'll pass it on to you guys. I just think he needs help. Period. Running back. <laughs> I I think if whatever the top running back left, whether it's Williams or uh, Etienne at this point, I think that's the route Hayden's got to go. Yep. Yep. Or you know, I mean, if Jamar Chase were to somehow slip to four, I think that would be worthy of him taking him. Um, but yeah, I agree. Running back. All right, and now we have the reigning, defending uh, Kyle Stretch. Uh, and every, I mean, everybody needs to rename their teams, by the way. Team K Stretch, don't like that. Anyway, um, I think you got to look at receiver for him. Uh, Joe Mixon, Melvin Gordon, Alvin Kamara. Very solid kind of three running back core. Tyler Lockett proved you can't really be trusted this year. And outside of him, you got, well, actually, you know what? I forgot he has Cortland Sutton coming back. And he's got a Debo Samuel coming back. Ah, maybe you do want to address that running back position. Yeah, I don't know. Anything to add to him? I was just going <laughs> to say, reigning champ, you know, he obviously doesn't have too many holes to fill. He's not losing anybody, so it's really going to be what he views as his biggest weakness and just plug in a hole. Yeah, my initial thought went to receiver. I think he could use uh, another guy that can really pop off every week. He just was so inconsistent during the season uh, at that position. All right, let's move on to Anthony, Team Uninspired Youth. I think it's running back pretty easily. Yep, running back. All right. Running back, definitely. All right. (laughs) And we got Aaron. Uh, We already did him. Tim, you guys are just being so selfish and taking up the whole first round. Um, We got Steven at number nine. Guys, I think he needs a quarterback. Really do. Yeah, he's only got three rostered, and I think he was Mount Passmore, and there's got to be four on a on a Mount something. So I don't know. It's going to be a quarterback. Mount Passless. <laughs> you know, if I'm Steven at nine, it's pretty obvious the one area he needs to bolster is running back. I I don't know. I'd consider trading up. I, I would just because the by that time, number nine pick, I don't think you're going to get any of the top three. And then out, outside of that, it's kind of a steep decline at that position. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And then we have Zach. I mean, he's, he's just drafting Tavon Austin, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Rondell Moore going 110. I would put so much money on that. Do you actually want to put money was... on it? <laughs> Ooh, that's a... I mean, yeah, he's going to listen to this, so I don't know. I mean, I'd let him decide. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Before Stafford got traded to the Rams, he was locked in on QB. Right. Come on, come on, put money on it on air on the pod, dude. Wait. I don't think I'll, he should draft Rondale more, but he's going to. I'll so buy Chris, I'll, nice... I'll, I'll put some money on it. I'll All put right. some money that he does not pick Rondale more. I don't think he does either. That's what I was saying to Tim. I think he does. I, I think he's he's a Purdue homer, and he wants to make sure he gets on his team. He's not picking again until 20 at 210. So 
There you go, bet. He's a, it's a bet. Yeah. All right. Um, Give me that like a water bet. Water, yeah. Oh, so if he drafts him, I get to throw a cup of water in your face at the draft. And if he doesn't, you get to throw a cup of water at me. Deal. Yes. Let's do this. <laughs> it's a bet. So before before we, we gloss over this, you know, two teams with no first round pick. Chris, you got Josh Allen. I think you're going to be happy with that. Yeah. And then Clayton, you got fleeced by Aaron, so I don't think you're going to be happy with that. Yeah, no but Clayton's got plenty of picks in rounds two and three, so, I mean, you guys have got plenty of chances to bolster the depth, but you can't go without mentioning those two guys without a first-round pick. The uh, undisputed, no doubt, locked and loaded high-end RB1 is available if anybody wants to add him to the team. <laughs> just saying, just saying. All right. Well, um, yeah. This draft's going to be interesting. This is where dynasties are made. This is where dynasties yes, are sir. built. Um, any last thing to add, NFL draft, this league draft, or anything before we allow these people to get out of here? I don't think so. Go Bengals. Colt, go Colts. Uh Something, Something I was going to add is just the Bears, you know, with their pick, I think, in the late teens could go quarterback. I have a hard time believing that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy with their jobs on the line that they throw Andy Dalton out there day one. So we'll have to see, but I think it'll be interesting. It's the sweet one. (laughs) Okay. Well, you guys made it. I hope you can hear me. I hope you can hear us because like I said, it's the first time, but if you can hear us, fantastic. That means you are probably listening to us on Spotify and Apple music as we like to call it the podcast streaming platforms that matter. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Season two's here. We have a lot easier recording setup now. We're, we're going to be cranking them out, guys. You don't want to miss anything. Go ahead and subscribe. Review it. Talk about who your favorite podcaster is. You won't hurt any of our feelings unless it's mine. Um, like it, of course. Oh, wait. Oh, no. You got to share it. And then not only like it, but you have to annihilate the like button. <laughs> Did you say just take a shit on it? Or you just crush it up into a blender just and drink stop it? Just stop it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> click it. What was that? Just click it. Okay. And then share it. <laughs> share us. Share us. Absolutely. And while you're on that, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at this league underscore pod. And if you have any comments, compliments, or concerns, email us at this league 2020. We got to change that. At Gmail dot com and one thing i forgot to mention at the start of the show that i want to get everybody's opinion on um over the off season while we have been away um have you guys ever heard or have you guys ever seen um the the musical uh hamilton all right and this is a great podcast yes, i have guys later i like it a lot <laughs> guilty pleasure of the off season this I is like what happens when we don't have fantasy football I know, I just started listening to Hamilton. It's not good. Um, Just do it. Yeah, this is lame. All right, well, I'm signing off. This is the first episode of season two. Love you guys. Uh, Yeah. Peace out. Peace. Go on, get. Oh, you remembered to do it. I forgot about that. That's nice. Carson Wentz better not suck penis or I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) 